Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Starting a family is undoubtedly an exciting time, but the reality of seeing a positive pregnancy test can send even the most laid-back woman into a spiral of sleepless nights. Trust me, I've been there. We're here to tackle the conundrums that keep many mums-to-be, just like me, awake at night when they find out their life is about to change forever. Hello and welcome to Baby on the Brain, a podcast brought to you by Stylist Magazine, dedicated to the big life questions you face when you find out you're pregnant. My name is Fliss, I'm the digital executive editor at Stylist and I'm pregnant with my first child. I am well and truly in my third trimester and I thank God that cream eggs are in season because that is all I'm eating right now. (laughs) Every week I'm joined by a different co-host and today I would like to introduce Dr. Zoe Williams. She is a practicing NHS GP and a media medic who you might recognize off TV shows, including This Morning and The One Show. And Zoe is also currently pregnant. Together, we're going to be discussing today's big question, which is all about tiredness. Hi, Zoe. Congratulations on your pregnancy. Oh, thanks, Bliss. Thanks so much for having me. Congratulations to you, too. Thank you. How far along are you? Um, I will be, I'll be 29 weeks tomorrow. So I'm two, two weeks and a day behind you. Oh, my goodness. Third trimester buddies. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm, yeah, I can't really complain definitely have some symptoms of pregnancy constipation tiredness is definitely a thing weird sleep but um but actually I think as a I I guess as a doctor I see patients and I see the worst of what people have to put up with in pregnancy and you know some people really really suffer so by comparison I feel like I'm doing pretty well yeah I hear you every episode I say to my guests my cankles are off the scale and today I wasn't going to mention it but it's what two minutes into the recording and I'm bringing it up because (laughs) you are lucky if your ankles are not swollen my friend I can't even wear leggings now without an imprint of the bottom of the leggings (laughs) it's so weird isn't it we're all so different because I literally do not have any swelling of my ankles whatsoever in fact I just bought some new trainers the other day and my feet seem to have gone down a size which is not possible you seem to be bragging about this now (laughs) I am two weeks behind you I am two you know you've got two weeks on me so I'm gonna check in on you in two weeks time and see how your ankle's doing (laughs) but we're not here to talk about cankles although that is an episode I might suggest to the editor-in-chief we are here to talk about tiredness though and you know it can be quite a serious topic and obviously there are serious medical reasons sometimes for tiredness but we're just here today to talk about generic oh my god I'm pregnant and so exhausted tiredness have you thought about this is it something that plays on your mind I mean I guess it's an expectation isn't it and uh in the second trimester 
I was kind of waiting for it to hit, thinking, I feel all right. I'd have the occasional day where it'd get to sort of two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and I'd just think, I'm done. And I'd just, you know, <laughs> think, I'm just going to put my head down for half an hour, wake up three hours later. Um, but they were occasional days. On on a typical day, I felt fine. But yeah, the, the second I transferred into the third trimester, which was only last week, um, yeah, it's hit me like a steam train. That it, It's a weird type of tiredness for me anyway it doesn't feel like typical tiredness um it almost feels like the tiredness you get when you're when you're ill like if you have flu and you think they always say that if you genuinely have the flu then a 50 pound note can roll past and you wouldn't be bothered to reach over and pick it up and I think right now I would I'm not that tired but um but it's that same sort of tiredness it's like tiredness that's in your body like sensitive skin like your body's just movement is such an effort Mm. I mean for me um the first 12 weeks I don't think I saw past 7 p.m which I was livid about because there was some great tv going on (laughs) but I was literally sit on the sofa and my eyes would just droop and I would be I can't I couldn't I couldn't make it through a TV show and that's annoying for everyone involved because then I had to rewatch everything. Um, But actually what, what plays on my mind more isn't the tiredness I feel now because I'm probably on autopilot in all honesty. I'm excited. I'm, you know, becoming a pandemic maybe. Um, We might be able to sit in a pub even though I can't have a drink. Um, But I'm petrified about how tired I'm going to be when the baby gets here because I am not good with being tired. I'm snappy. I um can be quite mean. <laughs> but what what happens when you're exhausted physically and mentally and you've got something that's like shitting and needs your help? Like I'm I don't know. I I think I've kind of I don't know. I don't I don't feel worried about it because I just think do you know what People do this and people cope and they find a way to cope. And, and I'm just, you know, just crossing my fingers for a baby that sleeps because I think, you know, a lot of, obviously lots of my friends, I'm 40, so most of my friends have children. And the big difference, the big differentiator between them and how they cope, especially in those first few months, is between those that have babies that sleep. And of course they don't sleep every night, but, you know, if you're getting three nights where you get a decent sleep a week, they seem to really enjoy it. But for parents who have babies that don't sleep for more than an hour, an hour and a half ever, it's, uh, yeah. So I think it can, make su- it's such, it can make such a difference, the baby that you have. But I think it's good for you, Fliss, that you're coming at this. Uh, I think some people come at it a bit blasé and uh, <laughs> thinking it's all going to be fine. But, you know, I think coming at it, expecting it to be hard is probably, it's going to be hard, isn't it? It's going to be a struggle, yeah. you know. We'll be all right. <laughs> so um, as a doctor, what can I do, eat to make sure that I have a baby that sleeps all the time, please? What's the, <laughs> what's the magic uh, formula for that? I think if I had the magic formula for that, I probably <laughs> wouldn't be uh, working anymore. I would be a very, very rich woman. Um, I, think, I think there's, you know, there's no, obviously there's no magic formula if only, but I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for happy mum happy baby calm mum calm baby and you know I think preparing yourself for it to be really difficult and preempting that and just trying to you know accepting that it is going to be hard and accepting it and trying to be as calm with it as possible because I think babies they they feed off you don't they I think we Stuart and I've decided for that first two weeks 
we are literally, we've, we've resigned ourselves to living in a house that is full of nappies, poo, vomit, whatever, filthy. Uh, we're just going to order takeaway or eat food uh-huh. that's ready cooked. And it's just about survival and just having that baby, you know, they need to be on you, don't they, at the beginning. They're just going to want to be on you all the time because they used to be in the wombs. Just, just having that baby attached to you and surviving. And I think that's probably in the first few weeks all you can hope to achieve I love that you've got a plan me and Aaron have not even thought about it I'm like yeah I'll be fine I'm going down to London I'm gonna go to the shops <laughs> probably naive um it feels about the right time that to bring in our esteemed guest for the session um so I would like to welcome Nili Dahlia a Muslim parenting content creator who shares the highs and lows of life with three young children on Instagram and YouTube hi Nili thank you so much for being on the podcast and talking to me and Zoe today hiya thank you for having me oh it is a pleasure we are hoping that you have the keys to the tiredness problem. Nelly, how old are your children? So I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a two-year-old and I have not slept since 2014. Don't say that! Don't say that! (laughs) Honestly, I love that you're prepared because I actually went in blindsided. Like, I had no idea what to expect. And I'll tell you how prepared I was for a baby. My hospital bag did not have nappies. (laughs) I just assume they gave you nappies. <laughs> they don't? No, they don't. I mean, they would if you didn't, like, you know. But I just didn't think that, why would, I not, why would they not give me nappies? <laughs> so that is how prepared I was for motherhood and everything about it. It is very tiring. <laughs> Do you know what, though? I think straight away, though, but you had three children. So however bad it was the first time around, you decided to do it again. And then you decided to do it again. So it can't be that bad. I mean, two out of three are pleasant surprises. (laughs) Okay, I hear you. I hear you. My mum says that about me and uh, my sisters. There's three of us and and one was definitely planned. (laughs) That's what happens, isn't it? Only one was planned. Only one. And that's the middle child, who actually is the best sleeper out of all three. We need the the answer to how you did that. But first... um, we Zoe and I were talking earlier about um, the fear of not coping with tiredness. And this is definitely something that I fear. Um, and I, I wonder if that's the mixture of emotional exhaustion with physical exhaustion. I mean, Nilly, when you hear first mum, first time mums talking like that, what's your first thought? Well, for you guys at this stage is to sleep as much as possible because once the baby's here, you will not sleep. I know I say it like, no, I'm going to be brutal. You will not sleep. It's really, really hard. And um, that's why I always say get as much sleep as you can beforehand because the fear, it's real. I feel so mean. (laughs) No, don't feel mean. can you just dig a little bit more into what you mean by you will not sleep? Because obviously you will sleep, right? It depends which baby you have. Having a baby is physically, mentally and emotionally draining. Like you've got this new human being you've got to keep alive. So when they're sleeping, you're told to sleep, but you're worried they're not breathing. So you're constantly checking them, like flicking a bit of hair out their face to see if they move. Like it's just, it's just such a turmoil that you do not anticipate at all. And how do you find the whole sleeping in the day? Because I know that's the advice, isn't it? That when the baby sleeps, you sleep. You know, the baby's going to be awake most of the night. You'll be awake most of the night, but get your naps in in the day. But I've just always been the type of person, I can't sleep in the day. With the first baby, you can definitely get away with it. 
like I remember with my firstborn I just slept when he slept and um, my husband wasn't at home during the day so I felt like I could get away with sleeping and then I'd get him in the evenings to like make the meal or get a takeout takeout is the best thing ever when you have a baby honestly so I've gone off on a tangent so so you've slept in the day and you're doing it covert. You made it sound like you're doing it covertly. It's like I can get away with sleeping during the day because your husband's at work. Get yes. a husband to cook or get a takeout. And then also, one thing I have to highly recommend when you have more children, make sure you declutter as you go because the more children you have, the more mess you have to tidy away. And that is tiring on its own. I mean, if I could show you my house right now, Compared to when I only had one child, you would understand. <laughs> I mean, at my house is a mess. I don't even have a child yet. So, <laughs> Nilly, before you joined us, Fliss and I were saying how we were talking about um, being tired in pregnancy, especially in the third trimester. Um, and I was saying how, you know, I've had the luxury of actually having some naps in the afternoon and having, I've been sleeping nine hours a night. I mean, I feel guilty even saying that to you. Nina. Nine hours. But nine solid hours a night. And then I just think, but imagine if when you're pregnant and you already have two children, that's just not an option. Like, how do you even survive the pregnancy tiredness when you're being a mother to two children already? Oh, it's so hard. I was, um, I've literally just stopped breastfeeding my third child but I've been breastfeeding since November 2014, every single day. So wow. I've been breastfeeding and pregnant at the same time. I've been co-sleeping. It's just been so draining. And the way I've been able to get some rest when I've had two kids and being pregnant is by making sure my husband steps up. So I feel like communication is so crucial and expectations by your partner like what do you expect from them once the baby's here because I don't know about you guys but my partner needs to be told what to do otherwise he just won't do it so communicate what you expect from them like 1000% I suppose actually right now we don't really know what we expect from them (laughs) so anyone who has the luxury of having a partner as well because that's the other thing you know there's going to be a lot of women and pregnant people out there who don't have partners and they're they're doing this on their own and you know what I take my hat off to them um so after you were pregnant the first time did you worry about tiredness so when I was pregnant with number two number one when you like the first time you were pregnant were you just so excited that you didn't think about it or yeah I can't believe I didn't mentally prepare myself for tiredness you know when you're like at uni and you can do all-nighters and like go to lectures the next day and you're absolutely fine that is a distant reality for me like I can't believe I could do that there's just no way I can do that now but it's the the relentless that's a long word relentlessness isn't it because I've spoken to a lot of my friends who are doctors and you know obviously as junior doctors we work in hospitals we do night shifts and you know, we'll spend all night, we won't get our head down at all, looking after people that we don't even know. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of think, you know, this is your baby, all right, you're going to be up some of the night looking after it. But we've done this before as doctors. Uh, my friend Ellie said to me, she said, yeah, but what's the longest stint of night shifts you've ever done? And it's seven days. We're not allowed to do a longer stint than seven days. And then you know that you can go to bed and sleep for as long as you want to. She said, when you're a parent, she said, you're absolutely right in that it, it is, you know, it's, you're caring for something that you love more than anything else in the world. So in, on the one hand, it's not difficult, you will do it, mm. but 
it could be two years before you get a full night's sleep again. So instead of like trying to get to the end of seven days, you, you're potentially trying to get to the end of infinity. You don't know when it's going to end. And it's yeah. that relentlessness that, um, that makes it so difficult. I think the seriousness behind this is that genuinely I worry about my mental health in terms of tiredness because that's where this nails me. I can cope with someone needing me and I can cope with the cleaning up and, and talking to Aaron and saying, you know, we are a partnership. We go 50-50 with everything. He, you know, that's how we entered our marriage so that's what we're going to do with this there are certain things he won't be able to do he doesn't have boobs so he probably if I can breastfeed and I choose to he's probably not going to be able to help out with that much but the tiredness combined with all of that doesn't make for good mental health you're absolutely right and you know that's proven in depression you know when it comes to depression um there have been studies done where when people struggling with moderate depression the intervention that they used was sleep training and got them sleeping. I think in this study, it was about 80% of people after wow. 10 weeks of good sleep, their depression resolved itself. So that link between sleep and depression in particular, but also anxiety is, is very clearly established in the scientific community. And, you know, just to, you know, this is a really sad fact, but I think it's important that we highlight it. The biggest killer of women from six weeks postpartum to one year postpartum is suicide. That's the biggest killer, which just shows how big an issue mental health is in that period. Obviously, there are many, many reasons for that, but of course, sleep and lack of sleep is one of them. So, yeah. so you're absolutely right, Fliss. You know, it's a it's it's something that I think we all should preempt that yeah. we could really struggle in that time after a baby. So Nilly, are you saying actually the way that the way forward for us, especially if we're genuinely quite worried about this, is just preparation. It's understanding that you will be tired and to if you can get help. So if you have a friend or a family member. Definitely seek help. A trusted friend or a family member, if they ask, you know, do you need help, take it. Take it, take it, take it. When I first had my firstborn, Camille, we were actually living with Ali's mum and she would take the baby at like 9pm till midnight and that three hours was a godsend. I could shower. I mean, that's a luxury. And um, so I could shower, I could change my clothes. Honestly, if someone asks for help, I say, do you need help? Accept it. That's really good advice. Because I think with parenting, like it gets really overwhelming. You want to always be the best. Like you want to be the perfect parent. By having all these expectations on your shoulders, it can burn you out completely. Mm. And before getting to that point, you need to be able to pour a little bit out of the cup by making time for yourself. And the only way you can do that with a newborn is by accepting help from others and asking for help. Mm. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna say something that um, it's an admission. I'm a Googler. I like Googling things. And Zoe, I know as a doctor, you're going to think she shouldn't be doing that. Google is not your friend. Well, I can tell you now, Google is not your friend when you... Um, research motherhood and tiredness so I had a quick look last night at um, the search behind motherhood and tiredness and there is a wealth of mildly petrifying articles written by frazzled mums that play into my anxiety around this perfectly one headline was uh, true life 
I wake up feeling exhausted every day. Um, and the other was my life as a mother, all I can think about is how tired I am. <laughs> and I did some research and actually I found a study into parental exhaustion by Warwick University from 2019 that found parents, particularly mothers, are sleep deprived for up to six years. Sorry, Nilly, you've got a few more years, yeah. Oh my God, I'm that stat. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely are. So how have you navigated that? And, you know, what do we think about the Google factor? Because Google is not my friend right now, but at 3 a.m. when I'm really tired and I need the answers, it's probably my first port of call. So what got me through the 3 a.m. Um, waking up and breastfeeding is, the days are long, but the years are really, really short. Like they will fly by, honestly. Like if I could, like, I'm getting a bit emotional talking about it because oh. it was so hard. And the only thing that got me through was that mantra, the days are long, but the years are short. Like two of my kids are at school now. I've got one more left at home. And honestly, it does fly by. And that's the only thing that got me through. Oh, Nilly, do you know what? You're getting me tearing up. Pregnancy, throwing on the pregnancy hormones. <laughs> I think yeah what incredible advice to cling on to because even though I'm sure at certain times you you must think this is the hardest thing I've ever done but it but there's always I would hope there's always some joy in it when you look at your little one suckling on your boob your boobs are pain you know you're in pain and (laughs) knackered but there's still always some joy in it, I guess, isn't it? And fo- and think it won't always be like this and focus on that joy because oh, definitely. You know, five years from now, you'll wish that they wanted to just lie in your arms and snuggle into you when you can't even get a hug off them. Exactly. And um, it's just absorbing that moment mm. and you're doing it for these babies. It's all worth it at the end of the day that you've got this beautiful child that loves you. They've like, you know, they see you as like the most lovable thing ever. Yeah. And it's just worth it for that. I, I come to this as I'm I'm quite a bit older than than both of you ladies. I'm 40 and only met my partner less than two years ago and was embarking on a journey. You know, I froze my eggs. I was embarking on a journey of solo motherhood. And I was having to come to terms with the reality that I might not have ever been able to have my own children. And that was heartbreaking and I think for me and actually for all of us I think you know just reminding ourselves that we're so lucky as hard as it ever will get Mm. trying to think you know we're so lucky that we have these babies and we've got healthy babies fingers crossed and um, you know that we're blessed enough to to be going through this pain and trauma (laughs) can I I'm gonna replay that segment in my in my ears when I'm going back to work and the baby's like got teeth all of a sudden when does that happen and it's all going wrong i'll just listen back to that at 3am when i'm trying to get to sleep and i'm exhausted (laughs) if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet plush care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's actually a good segue. So by your third pregnancy, did you find yourself in a place where you felt confident that you would cope? Specifically with tiredness, but maybe, you know, veering into other things as well. And my addition to that is what would you say to yourself looking back at your pregnancies if you could so in hindsight what would you say okay so first there's a two-part so am I coping I mean no I'm not coping like I thought so everyone says oh once you have the third baby they just slot in that is a lie (laughs) I'm telling you now it is a lie. <laughs> my daughter is, my youngest, is two years and a bit now. My house is still a tip. It's just, she has not slotted in at all. And I find it hard. Um, the best recommendation I can have, if once you have a third child or second or first, get a cleaner so you don't have to do that. Because what I've learned is I'm a great mother, but I am rubbish at adulting. I cannot be an adult. <laughs> So I've just devoted my time to my kids and I've just left the house because they're going to get older. They're all going to leave, go to school and I'll have time to do all this, but absorb it completely because it flies by. And then in hindsight, I kept my son at home when I should have put him into nursery, but I had like an attachment um, issue where I didn't want to be apart from him in hindsight I should just chucked him into nursery and got on with it on my own and I didn't do that and also another hindsight I would have gapped out the kids a lot more um so I would have had a three-year gap between each baby because when they're three they get like free prim- uh, nursery so they're in education or nursery and you can have that one-to-one time with a newborn without having a distraction like 24 7 in hindsight that's just me personally I think we need more of these hindsights because I think these are you know what else would you have advised yourself because by advice by looking back and advising yourself you're actually advising all of us as well yeah absolutely so in terms of tiredness did you get a lot of help from your partner I know you said you lived with your partner's mum for a while you know looking back actually is that the key to staying sane so I think if you've heard the saying it takes a village to raise a baby it is so so true if you can get as much help as possible then do it like honestly it is but um my mother-in-law moved away um and we moved out at like six uh two months when the baby was two months so we just did it all on our own and we just agreed with that within ourselves to just get on with it we had to like aside the complaining and tiredness and really just get on with it and that's what we've been doing um but now she's moved a bit closer she has my baby like once a week and it really helps just having help is amazing how how do you find um or do you ever get any time to yourself or with your partner do you and your husband ever get any time just to sit and be a couple and not be mum and dad so before the pandemic um once a week or maybe twice like twice a month um Ali's mum would take the kids and would have like a date night but um because of the pandemic we hadn't done that but um yeah it is really hard to find a balance between being a mother 
yourself and being like in your relationship yeah at the moment because we're at home we had like a date night where we painted like we had a canvas and we just painted but um it was relaxing but the kids were in bed it was really late takeout is your best friend so you don't have to cook a romantic meal um it is doable but it's doing it around the kids which is really hard because my kids just don't sleep they're really they just don't like it for some reason so finding time is really important because also another tip all these tips are coming to me now when you become a mother you actually lose your self-identity as like fliss or zoe before kids like and i think mothers really struggle with that like i really did i struggled to find myself because i just devoted myself completely to my kids and that overwhelmed me i was completely burnt out from parenting um and then like i said to my husband i've had enough um something i love doing before being pregnant even getting married was going to the gym and he was like okay start going to the gym then so i started going to the gym four or five times a week and i'll be like doing the rowing machine laughing because i was so happy so take that time don't ever ever lose yourself take yourself away from motherhood so you can recharge your batteries and come back as a better parent that you can be for your baby when you said earlier i know you joke about it that your kids don't sleep actually you get used to the lack of sleep then yeah because it doesn't seem to be affecting you you know like from meeting you you're thriving and you've got three kids and I know Zoe was joking earlier when she said you've had three it can't be that bad but she's right but we're I'm an autopilot like Mm. I'm just you know how you just survive that's what I'm doing like I'm just I'm taking each day as it comes I'm looking at the light at the end of the tunnel that they're gonna all sleep in their own beds they're not gonna come to my bed in the middle of the night they're not gonna cry for like me you know that's the light at the end of the tunnel just gotta have hope I guess in clinging on to that, that, you know, that one day you, one day you'll think, oh, wouldn't it be nice if they wanted to come and get into my bed for a cuddle? And they're just going to be like, as if mum. Oh my God. Zoe, I don't know about you, but that feels so weird to me. Anyone, the idea that anyone will call me mum is completely nuts. Yeah, is it? I'm telling you now, six years later, it still completely baffles me that I made three babies and like I breastfed them for two years each. Like, you know, women have such incredible bodies, honestly. Well, it's, it's, it's fascinating me, this whole journey of being pregnant, it's actually yeah. blown my mind because whilst, you know, as a doctor, right, I know about the anatomy and the physiology and, and I get it, but it's like there's two parts of me. There's like the Dr. Zoe and then there's the maternal side of me that is growing. And like when I first felt my baby moving inside of me, I had all this mixture of emotions. I was crying because I was so overwhelmed with joy. But at the same time, I was like, oh, it's a bit weird. Like there's there's two <laughs> hearts beating inside me right now. Like that's really bizarre. And I couldn't quite get my head around it. As a doctor, like obviously you've trained and like you have the expectations, like the textbooks. What's the reality for you, like in comparison? Um, I think as a doctor, what we tend to learn, particularly doctors rather than midwives, Um, we learn about normal pregnancy quite vaguely, but then we have in-depth knowledge about when things go wrong. So we know how to identify issues and problems and what to do to keep people safe. So all the really intricate detail of what happens in a pregnancy or certainly the woman's experience of it, we haven't really learned that. 
So I've been learning such a lot. It's actually blown my mind that I've been learning such a lot about the changes to your body, the normal things, the good things. Um, it's been absolutely fascinating. I've really enjoyed it. I've really loved it. Um, you know, even despite the constipation and the tiredness <laughs> and the nausea, it's just, I, I'm almost, I almost just, I'm in awe at my body, like the fact that the reason I have, I'm constipated is because of the progesterone mm. that's making my bowels switch off so that my body can absorb as many nutrients as possible from the food that I'm eating. I'm like, I really wish I wasn't constipated, but wow, isn't that amazing that I am? It means my body's <laughs> doing what it's meant to. Um, so yeah, so as a doctor, it has been, it's been a really, it's, it has blown my mind in a way that I wasn't expecting. I am in complete awe of my body. Uh, every day it changes a little bit and I just think, wow, that's incredible. You wait till you have that first bit of breast milk come out. You'll be like, what? <laughs> no, I was looking at my boobs last night and thinking, but you know, this is a doctor speaking. And I was having a good look at my nipple and thinking, where does it actually come out of? Because there's no <laughs> holes there right now. No, honestly, <laughs> it is. It will blow your mind because it's not like one hole. It's like a shower head. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. It's going to come through the little knobbly bits, isn't it? But I was just trying to, I was looking at my own nipple, trying to imagine that happening and thinking, no way. Honestly, it comes out like at every different angle. <laughs> it, honestly, it's baffling. I've like, I've managed to squirt myself once. I've managed to squirt my husband in the face. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what? Speaking with uh, other women so freely and candidly about pregnancy and and having babies is so joyous because especially at the minute, you know, I don't see anyone. I rarely leave the house. I don't really see anyone. It's so nice to talk to you guys. And I understand why Mums Net exists now. Yeah. Because <laughs> this kind of support is completely invaluable. And it makes everything normal. Like, you know, when you have all these worries and then you think, oh, but is that normal? You go on like the Google, I know I'm, I go on Google as well. And you find out that whatever you're feeling, everything you're feeling is absolutely normal. Yeah. I mean, it has its perils. I'll say that. I, th I think I think that's one of the downsides, isn't it, to being pregnant? There are, to me, as far as I'm concerned, there are some upsides to being pregnant during lockdown. I mean, it's a shame we have to go through lockdown at all. But, you know, I always try and find the positives. And I think definitely haven't been missing out on much because I come home from work, put my pyjamas on and know everybody else does the same. But I think missing out on sort of like parenting groups and that type of thing, like this conversation that we've just had, mm. it's... And how you can just be so open and candid, even though obviously we're going to share this with thousands of other people. It's you don't have these conversations with your friends who aren't going through or haven't, you know, re fairly recently been through the same. No, of course. Yeah. I think um, what will stick with me is uh, a colleague saying to me, oh, do you know, I wish we could see you by the kettle and say, oh, how's it going? Or like a rite of passage for her was being on a tube and having someone give up their seat. I've not experienced any of that. It, it's just, it is a really strange time. I know, and, he, and I do use public transport to go to work and I've got my baby on board badge, but I don't need to wear it because there's always a load of seats, you know? So <laughs> I've just thought it almost, it almost doesn't make sense to wear it because I don't need to. <laughs> well, Nilly, thank you so much for all of your invaluable advice today. Honestly, it's been such a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I 
I've written down here, preparation is key and the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah, I think what I'll really take away from this conversation is that one, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And actually, like Millie said, you know, it's a long, we're in it for the long game. This isn't just the first couple of months and then you're out of it, but really getting the joy out of those moments as painful and as much as it might feel like torture, remembering that it won't be like this forever and, um, and, and searching for the joy in every moment. I think asking for help. Yes. Asking for help is is another thing that I will definitely take away from this because it's important and it's something I don't naturally easily do actually. Same. I'm my my natural my natural instinct is to help people, but when it comes to asking for help, I really struggle and actually I had some therapy a couple of years ago and I'll share this with you because my therapist said something that's just always stuck with me. She said, you know, you say you're naturally a helper. You like to help people. Why do you like to help people? How does it make you feel? I said, well, it makes me feel good. You know, I like to be there for my friends. I like to know that I'm helping them. She said, so when you don't ask your friends for help in return, that's so selfish because you're not giving them the opportunity to feel those benefits that you feel for helping. So actually not asking for help, especially when you really need it, is is selfish. I thought, oh, what a good way of like spinning that on its head. That is interesting. I'm just thinking back about what we spoke about before Nilly came and spoke to us. And I'm remember saying I was petrified of not coping and being snappy and <laughs> just not a very pleasant person to be around and I think you know you're totally right when you said but people do this three times or six times or even twice you know I don't think it's anything that I'm I'm gonna fear anymore you just got to ride the wave yeah and, and I guess another thing Millie said that really jumped out was it's about really putting the effort into have those little non-negotiables. So for her, it was going to the gym. I've got this image of somebody being on a rowing machine and just laughing with joy because that's so joyous, which makes me think, oh gosh, like if, you know, being on a rowing machine for me is usually a bit of a drag, but <laughs> making that time for yourself and, and also having really candid, open conversations with your partner, setting expectations for them, but also trying to have when you can a little bit of um, you know, having date nights and, and making sure you create some space for that male-female relationship as well amongst everything else. It's a lot, isn't it? But I it's think, you know, speaking to Nillian, she is coping. She says she still feels like she isn't coping, but clearly she is coping. Yeah, she's got it. She says she's not coping, but I don't believe her for a minute. Are you feeling a little bit more confident, Fliss, then? After that chat, do you, do you feel more confident or less confident or about the same? I feel more confident. And I think that's just from generally having conversation with women who are in my position and have been in my position. Um, I don't know if I feel more confident that I'm not going to be tired because that's not the truth. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, um, you know, quite a straight down the line person. And, and, you know, I'm pleased that she was honest and I'm pleased she said, do you know what, it's been six years and I'm still tired, but there is nothing like, when she said, there's nothing like holding that tiny person's hand. I thought, oh God, I'm gonna go. <laughs> so yeah, I just, there are payoffs to this and I will be asking for help. I will be speaking to Aaron and making sure that he is, we're doing things 50-50 and yeah, I need to carve time out for myself as well while he's at work. 
you know, he can come back, look after the baby and I'll, I'll go to the gym or something. One of my friends, well, it's actually, it's, it's Alan. It's the, the, the father in the relationship that's, that's my friend more, but his wife, she's just this amazing woman. They've got two children. She works full time from home. Um, he works full time in the office. He's sort of away from everything. So she's been the one doing all the homeschooling and everything. And, um, and the one thing she, he says, as soon as he goes home, before he's even, you know, closed the door behind him, she hands whatever she's got to him and she goes straight out the door before he's even closed it. She runs her 5K, she comes back, different person. Like she said, that's her way of putting down everything that's happened during the day. So she comes home. So he, you know, that's that that's really important for him. You know, obviously he's so got the lucky end of the deal there. He goes away, does his work, does the gym, whatever, but comes home and he knows that that first half an hour it's all him and just gives her that time. So it's for, I guess for, for each of us individually, it's finding, you know, what is our non-negotiable daily thing that we know we've got. So every day you've just got to get to that five o'clock um, gym session, or you've just got to get to that 7.30 bath that you run for yourself or whatever. Zoe, that is such a brilliant idea. I absolutely love it. I'd probably have to take up running again which I haven't done for a long time, but I, I really, really like it. And actually in a similar vein, I asked a group of the stylist mums for their top tips. And these were just a handful of my favorites. Don't try and solve the tiredness, one person said to me. It's not a problem to be fixed. It's a fact. Your body straight after baby is in its fourth trimester and is in recovery. So it needs to be fueled and rested. Only as time passes, will you become less tired? I embraced my tired mind and watched a lot of box sets when my baby was snoozing on me. Just watch stuff my mind could cope with rather than challenging it. Another person said, everyone told me to sleep before the baby arrived. And I said, I don't need to. I feel great. This was a mistake. <laughs> Listen to your pals. I should have taken it more easy. And that goes for everything. I never slept during the day. Mistake. By the time my third was born, I took all the naps. I think I was a bit nuts with my first, not very good at relaxing. I'd painted this busy mum picture of having lots of coffees and baby classes and walks. And in truth, that was all bollocks. I should have just chilled out and I definitely did by baby number three. The saying, when they sleep, you sleep, is quite literally the truth. Another stylist staffer added to that conversation, embrace the in-between times. I couldn't nap during the day, but I could and absolutely did watch reruns of Friends. And it was both a light relief and a great treat amongst the madness and a reminder of much simpler times. One woman told me, babies do confuse day and night. And there are lots of tips to address this, but all babies sort this out eventually. It doesn't last forever. And that first night they sleep through, you stay awake poking them to check they're okay. But it's magical. Your guest says she hasn't slept in six years, which sounds very, very extreme. Every bit of progress you make makes you feel better. So when you get four hours sleep, you feel like you won the lottery. Seven hours, Nirvana. Two consecutive nights seems like utter witchcraft. Yes, there are blips and yes, they later get into bed with you. But if you take the small wins, it really, really helps your psyche. Another added, I didn't read any books, but I did buy two things that I genuinely still credit with getting babies to sleep. Number one, 
you in the dream sheep who makes weird womb noises. My son still has his, aged almost six, and he's part of the family to the point where he has a birthday every year. And frankly, he deserves it. And number two, a grow clock. I still use that now and occasionally set it to turn yellow, which is the signal for daytime, to get a lion. It works like a dream. And the final piece of advice that I've picked out from this group was a woman who said, dip in and out of the NCT group chat as needed. There's always somebody who has a child who sleeps through from the very beginning. Avoid them. They are dicks or liars or possibly both. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today as co-host. It has been an absolute pleasure having you here. Oh, I've loved it. And a special thank you to Nilly for helping us both through what has been a difficult set of questions about a difficult thing. Definitely. Loved her honesty. Um, and yeah, let's cheerlead her. Nearly, nearly, nearly. <laughs> nearly. <laughs> <laughs> A special thank you to my co-host Zoe and our guest Nilly. It's been another action-packed episode and it would be great to hear from you if you've got anything to add to this discussion. You can tweet us at Stylist Magazine, find us on Instagram and use the hashtag StylistBabyOnTheBrain. Next week, I'm joined by influencer and episode one guest, Adana Steinecker is my co-host and author and founder of Mother Pucker, Anna Whitehouse as our guest. And we'll be tackling sacrifices both in our relationships and at work post baby set to be a good one remember to subscribe share and leave us a review on the app store hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.